Hey everyone, welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8 reads, And Saul approved of his execution. And there rose on that day great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made a great lament over him. But Saul was ravaging the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized he continued with Philip, and seeing great signs and miracles performed he was amazed. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that any one of whom I may lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought that you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now when they had testified and spoken of the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I understand unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, he told them the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. For today's nugget of truth, we're going to focus in here on the expansion 
of the gospel through the persecution that's taking place. We see that really summarized here in verses 1 through 3, and then we see what that looks like specifically in the experiences of Philip proclaiming the gospel to Simon as well as to the Ethiopian eunuch in the rest of the chapter. And so verses 1 through 3 displayed to us the fact that the persecution is intensifying against these Christians in this area. But then it gives us a very important thing here in Verse 1, at the last section here, it says, And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. When we look at that phrase, in comparison to what we saw in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we see there it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and on all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we see that this is a moving forward of God's plan, despite the persecution that's taking place. I call this our Genesis 50-20 moment. In Genesis 50-20, if we go back into that time, it's that time where we have Joseph speaking to his brothers, and they know the great evil that they've done against him, but he says, but what you meant for evil, God meant for good. It's the same situation that's taking place here. What Saul and those who are persecuting meant for evil in terms of destroying and discouraging, disheartening these believers— God meant for good for the expansion of the gospel. You see, what had been just taking place in Jerusalem is now extending beyond the temple, beyond that city, all the way out into Samaria by this point. And that's a fulfillment of what had been said in Acts chapter 1-8. But we see it's not yet even at this point to its fullest extent because it hasn't been extended to the ends of the earth. And so while this persecution is coming, while these things are happening, they need to be reminded of the fact that it's not just that God has turned his back on them. It's not that this is a punishment from the Lord, but this persecution that's come is something that was meant by God to expand the cause of Christ. Because you see, as they're leaving the city of Jerusalem, what's happening is it's fast-tracking the expansion of the gospel through these areas. Certainly many people would have been coming to Jerusalem to hear the gospel. They could have taken it back to their homes, back to the different places that they've come from. But now when the majority, we see it says, all except the apostles of these believers are sent out into the world around, what we have now is the many witnesses being spread out who are going to be sharing the gospel and who are going to be seeking others to tell the good news of Jesus Christ to. And that's going to make it so that expansion takes place much more rapidly than had they all stayed in Jerusalem. So for us today, we can reflect on this and understand that, hey, everything that comes into our life that is not comfortable or that's even persecution or hardships, it's not meaning that God has turned his back on us. It's not meaning that God is bringing this great thing against us because he's not pleased with us. But in a sense, it's a part of what God is doing to share and spread the gospel in other places. So what does that look like for us? When we experience a hardship, it might be a refining process for us to be able to experience the glories of God in a greater way. It might be an opportunity for us to be molded and shaped further into his image and his likeness so that we can better understand the gospel and speak that to others. So we should not assume that the hardships in our lives are punishment coming from God, but instead try to ask, how can we view this situation as an opportunity for the gospel to be put on display for others to see? That's what's taking place here 
as these individuals are spread throughout the known world, beginning in the spread to Jerusalem and Samaria, as seen here in Acts chapter 8. As far as our question for the day today, we're going to look at Simon the Magician and what's going on here in that story. Because we see in our passage that he had been a person who had previously practiced magic and the people had all been amazed by what he's doing. And so I think it's important that we understand, hey, what does it mean by magic? What is this magic that we're talking about here? When we see this in this context, it's not magic in terms of like the magic or the sleight of hands or the illusions that we would believe would be commonly referred to as talking about magic. Really, it's a much darker type of magic that we're talking about here. This magic that we're talking about here was really a mixture of many things like astrology, divination, practices of the occult. And as we look back here at who this person is, Simon, we can see from other places that this was a very real person in the area of Samaria. And when we look back at what history says took place in Samaria, we read about a man named Simon who was from a specific village who was able to really enthrall the people around him with his magic and with the things that he's going on. And so I believe that's the same person that we're reading about here. But this individual really set himself up as a god and set himself up to be worshipped. And so when these other people are coming in and doing these miraculous signs and wonders that he knows are not being done in the power that he's doing, and he knows that are genuine in what they're doing instead of the tricks that he's doing with his magical practices, he really wants to be a part of that because he wants to continue to be seen as great. If we look back at verse 10, that's how he's referred to, that the people saw him as great. They called him great, and they thought he was connected in some way to God. In this practice, in this individual, and in what these things are happening here, we actually see expands into what we'll talk about is the Gnostic thought, or this belief that there was like this higher level of learning that was going on that these people could have. And Simon and others like him spread that belief and spread that to others so that they felt like that their form of faith and that their form of belief in Christ was inferior to others. And we'll get to a lot of that when we talk about it in First John, but enough to say that it's coming out of and rooted in this magical, mystical thought that Simon is displaying. And we see in this chapter, unfortunately, that Simon's desire to follow God is motivated by greed and motivated by his ability to be a part of what's going on and to benefit from that. And so, all this to say, you know, hey, what is this magic talking about? It's not illusions or sleight of hand, but it's really these darker things of connections to astrology and divination and the occult that would be a problem that the church would have to deal with for a long period of time. Not ending here with Simon, but as others would follow, others worshiping Simon and others like him would say that there was this greater knowledge that needed to take place so that people could experience God in the way that he was meant to be experienced. So maybe you had a question about Simon the Magician and what's going on here. Maybe you have another question. Hopefully you have a question about something in this chapter that you can seek out to study in a greater sense so that you can expand your knowledge and understanding of what God was doing as he expanded the early church and that that hopefully can solidify your faith and can motivate you to living in obedience as well. Know today you are loved. You're-